So as I begin today, um, I just want to say that uh, the message that I have here is not really a traditional Thanksgiving message. I don't necessarily know if you really have to have a Thanksgiving message from the week of Thanksgiving. I've, I've had those before, but God really never gave me one. But I do want to share the scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It's not going to be, I don't know if we have any scriptures on the screen, but this wasn't on there. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And, um, you know, I really believe as believers, you know, really as Americans, even what Lee was sharing earlier, you know, about our heritage and our history as a nation, um, we really have nothing to complain about. I mean, I know things are far from perfect in our country, but in comparison to other nations in our world today, we got it pretty good here. And we need to be thankful for what, what happened and what, what our history uh, tells us happened for us to be where we're at today and to have the liberties and the freedoms and the things that we enjoy. We are truly blessed. But to take that to another level as a believer or as a Christian, um, we, we have nothing at all to never be thankful for. And it's just what that scripture says, be thankful in all things. In every circumstance, in every situation, you know, whether things are going good or going bad, your finances are great, finances are bad, kids are good, kids are bad, it doesn't matter. We're going to give thanks to God in all things because of who he is. Not because of our circumstance, but because of who he is. And then like the Bible says, for this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. So as we approach this day, and, and, and I look forward to the day, it's a, it's a time to spend with family and, and, and kind of relax a little bit and enjoy an extra couple of days off of work or what have you. Um, just reflect on your relationship with Christ and with the Lord and ask yourself, am I always in a mindset of gratitude? Constantly, just in the gratitude, no matter what, because the world will try to rob you, your, you know, your bank account will try to rob you, your relationships, whatever, but I just always like to just be in a mindset and an attitude that I'm thanking God for everything. You know, the Bible says, enter his courts with thanksgiving. You know, everything we do, need, thanksgiving needs to precede everything that we do as believers because of everything that God has done for us and for who he is. He's truly amazing and all. So, so praise God. But as I get started today, I just want to, Share these verses. I don't know if anything's going to come up. Is it okay? Just so y'all y'all are wondering, the the media shout is a program that we use for our music and lyrics and all of that. And evidently, this um, the, uh, the format that Laurie's got here from our presentation here is different than the media shout. So you might be wondering why was this able to come up and not the music lyrics? Well, it's it, it's a different system, and hopefully we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get all of that corrected. I'm not smart enough to understand how all that works. But anyway, um, I am thankful that this comes up because I do believe that it does help to have, to have the uh, scriptures up there. But Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. James 1.17 says, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Then Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord, and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. So what an anchor we have in the unchanging nature of God. That the Bible says that God never changes. This truth gives us hope 
when others, including myself, are constantly changing, or in an uncertain world that is literally changing daily, the Bible tells us God is still the same. God, God never, never changes. God is constant. He, he, he remains the same. So if God is still the same, then so too is his ability and his power. If God, if God is the same, then so true is what he can do for us. His abilities and his powers have not ceased. They have not, they have not changed. See, we are not like God. We, we change. Our attitudes change. Our mood changes. Our desires change. Our motivations change. But even then, God is still the same. In other words, it's not predicated on my emotions, on my ups and downs, on my desires, on my whatever's happening in my life. God, the Bible says, remains the same. He's constant. God, God is the same. The ups and downs of your life and mine does not diminish the working power of God in our lives. I, in other words, my, my, my changes and my motivations and my desires that shift doesn't change him and what he can do. The depravity and wickedness of people and society does not diminish his working power. We can't think, well, because things are so bad or they're, they're so wicked or people were so rebellious that God is somehow diminished or, 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 or kept from moving in our midst. He's not. Sin separates us from God, but it does not change who he is. God is still the same. God has not become weak. God has not become irrelevant. And God has not become unwilling. God is still the same today. I want you all to get that in your spirit. Everything he has done, he will do for us and even more. So a lot of times when we, when we think of God and the Bible and all, we, we think of yesterday. We, we think of the past and the things that God did yesterday. And too often, I believe, even as Christians, we get fixed on what God did in the past. And that's good. But, but, but sometimes it can be, it can be a, a barrier that can prevent us from seeing what God is doing now. So when we look in the Bible, we, 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 we get excited about the things that God did. God parted the Red Sea, the story of Daniel and the lion's den where God shut the mouths of the lions, Jonah and the whale. We know the story of how God miraculously rescued Jonah. And then the walls of Jericho when the nation of Israel uh, marched into the promised land, the the Bible tells us that the walls supernaturally of Jericho just came down. And we can become fixated on those things that God did in the past in the Bible. And even in your life, we, we can become fixated on the past, on maybe revelations of things that God revealed to you in your life. Maybe a job increase or a job promotion, something great or big that's happened in your past. And then even in our church, um, for our history here at our church at the Tabernacle, um, we, we were in Chalmette before Hurricane Katrina, and our church was growing. It was, it was, I mean, we had over 600 people in service, and things were really happening there, but we can't just stay fixed on what God did in the past. Isaiah 43 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So I'm here to tell you this. God is still working today. God is still working today. We can get so focused on the past that we forget that God is working and still moving today. We can sit back and talk about what God did yesterday 
and we can talk about what is God, what is God going to do in the future, but I believe it's time for us to start asking this. What is God doing today? What, what is God doing today? So that's the title of my message. And I believe you and I need to do a mind shift and our perspective of God. The Bible says that, that he is the same God. He is exact in every way. In other words, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that because we think of ourselves as, as human beings and we, we, we change, we grow older, and all this, but God stays the same. God, God, God remains the same. So we need to get this in our spirit today, that the same God that parted the Red Sea is here today. The same God. The same God that shut the mouths of lions is here today. The same God that caused the walls of Jericho to fall is here today. The same God that raised Lazarus from the dead is here today. The same God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is here today. God is with us today. See, God has not aged or become older. He has not weakened in strength, ability, or power. He is still working miracles in our lives today. Amen. we got to get that in our spirit, that when we read the Bible and we, we, we read those stories and we, we see the great things that God did, that that exact same God, exact in every way, is here with us now. The, the same God, Amen. the same power, the same ability. You and I must see him as the same God working in us today. That God's ability and power is still available to work in us. He is not finished. God is not sleeping or vacationing. God, God never, never vacations. He never sleeps. He never takes breaks. God is, God is still the same today. His strength and power is available today just as it was in the past. But see, here's the key, I believe. God is looking for a people to believe that he still works today. That, 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 that we still believe that God is still working today. And that God is looking for someone to cry out and ask and seek him for the here and now. That we are crying out to God and saying, God, we want you to move today. We believe that you did. We want you to do something today. Maybe we're not seeing him working because we're not believing and asking him to work. Maybe it's because we're not even desiring that. There's not even a hunger or an unction inside of us to even want God to do something. His desire for us to come to him and ask, seek, and believe, that's his desire for us, and I believe when we do so, God will answer us. Because God is waiting. God, is, God, God wants to do something. But he's looking for someone to, to, to connect to that and attach to that and cry out for him to do something. So God's promises of today, if you read the Bible, um, you know, we think of the word today as a, it's almost kind of like, well, today is not even, it's such a simple word, something we use all the time. We don't really realize the significance of the word today. But the Bible makes a big deal about the word today, like, like, like the here and now. And um, the Bible is filled with the promise of God working today. I believe we must cling to his word and receive his promises for us. In John 5, um, 15 and 17, this was recorded here. It says, the man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, 
My father is always working, is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Now, if you read earlier on in this, in this chapter here in John, this was a story of the invalid that was, that was, that was, he, he was, he was crippled for 38 years. For 38 years, the man had been crippled and then, and, and, and he had been enabled to get up and to walk and to move. And the Bible says that Jesus approached him and Jesus healed him. 38 years he was healed. And then you look at the religious leaders and they were looking for, for a, a way to, to accuse Jesus. And they were angry. They weren't excited because Jesus healed the man. They were angry because Jesus did it on the Sabbath. And, and I love this part here. The man told the man who was healed said that it was Jesus who had made him well. And then, the, then it says they began to persecute him. But look what it says in verse 17. In his defense, <laughs> like Jesus needs to defend, like in his defense, the Bible says, Jesus said to them, my father's always working. And I'm here to tell you, God is working today. It doesn't matter if it's Sunday, if it's Thanksgiving, Christmas Day, July 4th, it doesn't matter what day it is, God is always working. We need to get that in our spirits, that the world and, the, and our mind and, and individually mindset will get us to believe that because of circumstances or because of things happening in the world, that God's somehow just not around and he's not doing anything. God is always working. Jesus said, what he said, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. So you got to get that in your spirit. God's working today. God's working today. We don't need to sit there and concentrate on the past or think about what God's going to do. God's working today, the Bible says. And God is working in your life today. Jesus declared, my father is always at work. That means that even when I don't see him, he's working. Even when I don't feel him, he's working. See, a lot of times we think I got I to gotta see something, I got to feel something. No, God is working even when I don't feel like he's doing something. God is working even when I don't see what he's doing. God is doing something. That's why we have to attach faith to believe and trust that God is doing something. And I can look back at my life and I can see God working in, I, I, can, I can look back and see that God was working in my life when I didn't realize he was doing so. And job changes, that I, and I, I didn't, praise God, I didn't really change jobs a lot. Um, I was, uh, very seldom did I did. But when I did, I could always look back and see that God was putting everything in place for me to allow, to step up to that next job, whatever it was. Whether the place that I was working was probably coming to a close or I needed a promotion or whatever it was, God was putting the little bitty pieces in place that I didn't even realize he was doing to work everything out for me to get to that next step. And I look back and I see, God, you were working. And then y'all know the story of my, my wife, Lori, and I, the miracle that that was, that, that Lori, not, not even being from, from Louisiana, not even living in this area, ended up miraculously coming to Chalmette, Louisiana, of all places. And Lori and I, we, we literally met in the choir we were sang, sang in a choir there at Chalmette, and Laura was there, and she had Leah and Michelle. And, and just a miracle, I, I thank God, even now as I pray, I say, God, thank you that our paths crossed. Because I knew it was a miracle that, that we would even meet, that she would even meet. And then the miracle was that she liked me, that she even, <laughs> she, 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 she even liked me. And oh, But it's just amazing. And recently, we just had a situation, and some of y'all heard about this. You know, we had a property 
that we owned on Cherry Laurel Drive in Mandeville. And um, the Lord had showed me when we got the pastor here at the church, I needed to get closer to the church. I mean, the traffic, everything that was happening, all the things that was going on here. I, I wanted to be in the community closer to the church. And so we ended up getting a house right here on Penn Mill Road, right literally five minutes from, from this place. So we had put our house up for sale, thinking we're just going to sell it really fast. And we did get an offer on the house, and we had the inspection done. And when they did the inspection, they discovered that we had a massive foundation issue. I mean, it was, I mean I'm talking tons of money to get this fixed. And at first, I denied. I said, it's not true. The house is fine. So anyway, we ended up, you know, we, had to, we pumped all the money into it. We put it back up for sale. Nobody wanted to buy it, not because of the foundation. It's just it was the market back then. It was about probably four years ago, four or five years ago, and the housing market was just, it was flat. There was just not a lot going on. So we said, okay, well, the next best thing is we'll just we'll lease the property, which I was reluctant to do, but we did it. And we got a tenant to come in, le lease the property, destroyed the property. I mean, I'm, I'm not talking literally destroyed the property. And, you know, the whole time I was scratching my head, you know, God, we tried to sell it. We couldn't sell it had this foundation issue, doesn't make any sense, got this guy to come lease the property, he's destroying my house, this doesn't make any sense, had to go through a headache situation of having him evicted, it was, it was a horrible situation, got the house all cleaned up, refinished re re everything that he had messed up, got it all back, put it back up on the market, I think in two days, a little, two days, we had a full price asking offer for the house, and I'm here to tell you the price that we were able to sell it for was more than we'd have sold it four or five years ago, and we were able to recover the money that was spent for the foundation. I didn't understand what God was doing. It didn't, it didn't make any sense. But God was working all of those things out for that house to be sold at that time. So I share that to share this with you. You might not see God's hand moving in your life or in your situation. I'm here to tell you God's working. God is working in your life. God, God is moving. God is, he's, he's working behind the scenes. He's, he's working with other people, maybe jobs, money, finances, whatever. God is always doing something behind the scenes. God is not sleeping. up. God, God never takes a siesta. He never takes a break. He never goes on vacation. God is always working. And it's so important for you and I to, to understand that, that God, that God is doing that. But see, the, the key is you and I have to trust him even when I don't see See, I can't just bail out on God when things don't go right. I could have just said, well, God, just, you know, I'm just going to quit, quit on God. No, I'm still going to trust God. I'm still going to believe God. I'm gonna, still going to love God. I'm going to follow God, all, the, all of those things. But see, God, the Bible tells us, not only is he working, he's working everything out for my good, for those who love Christ Jesus and are called according to his name. See, that's the beautiful thing about being a Christian. Not only is God working, he's working everything out for my good right. and your good. Right. In other words, even the, the, low, the, 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 the situation with the tenant, the bad things, all, all the you know, wayward kids, all those different things, every single thing is working together for our good, the Bible says. Yeah. Isn't that nice to know? Isn't that, it makes you excited to know that. Yeah. See, he will finish the work that he started in you. And don't ever get to a place where you tell yourself, God has made me perfect. You can't ever get to that place. Because guess what? We'll never be perfect until Jesus Christ takes us home. We'll, we'll never be perfect. God, the way I like to look at it is we are always under construction. In other words, God is constantly changing us, molding us, shaping us, cutting us, 
teaching us all these different things. We just, our job is just to stay on the potter's wheel and just let him just do whatever that potter needs to do to keep shaping me, cutting stuff, removing stuff, whatever he's got to do. God, just keep doing whatever you have to do because you are always working in my life. We have to understand that. And then look at this verse here in, in Psalms 46.1. I put three translations of it up there. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Now, what's ever-present? Ever-present is he's always present. An ever-present help. God is always with us. And look at this translation. God is our refuge and strength, mighty and impenetrable, a very present and well-proven help in trouble. I love that. He, God's, well, God's got a good track record. God's got an excellent track record. And I promise you, whatever it is you're facing, God is more than capable of being, being able to step in and help you in your situation. And then it says, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who can always be found in times of trouble. So your friends not, not, might not be always, might always be around. Your coworkers might not be there. Your boss might not be there. But the Bible says God can always be found in times of trouble. Aren't you thankful that God is always waiting just to answer the call? See, he's always waiting for us just to come to him. God, God's never like, well, I don't have time. I'm too busy. No, God is always just sitting back waiting for us to come to him. So we need to declare this promise over your life today. Declare this promise over your life today. God, you are working in my life today. You are shaping me, changing me, teaching me, using me, breaking me, molding me, and blessing me. Declare that over your life today, that God, you are working in my life today, God. Even if I don't feel it, I don't see it, I don't understand it. Maybe something's going on you don't really understand. God, you are working in my life today. Make that a declaration. Not what God did yesterday, not what God might do in the future. God, you are working in my life today. Get that in your spirit. That's what I want. That's what I believe God wants us to grab onto and, and, and really absorb today and cling to, that, God, you're doing something today in my life. Today, God, you're working. And then the next promise that the Bible gives us is that God's salvation is working today. God's salvation is working today. Jesus said in John chapter 4, Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Jesus told the disciples, the fields for harvesting souls is ripe today. God, God, God's salvation is today. God is not reminiscing on the past, nor is he waiting on the future. God is saving people today. Today God is doing this. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow may be too late. God wants salvation today. 2 Corinthians says, for he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. God, God is saying, God's not waiting. God, we, don't, we, we, we wait, we plan, we strategize, we do all these different things, thinking that we've got to get the perfect, the perfect mixture or whatever for God to work. No, the Bible says God's salvation is today. God is saving today. He's not waiting. God, God is, God's salvation is available for us today. Y'all know the story in the book of Acts of the Gentile centurion named Cornelius. He told Peter and him they each had a vision. The Lord told Cornelius 
to go send for a man named Peter, and God told to send for him, and he will bring you a message through which you and your household will be saved. He, told, he said, when Peter comes, he's going to give you a message. Guess what the message was? The message of the cross, that Jesus Christ died for their sins, that salvation is found in no one else except Jesus Christ. And he made that promise to Cornelius. He said, you and your household will be saved. I declare that in Jesus' name over my life and over your family, that you and your household will be saved in Jesus' name. You need to declare the truth of what the Word of God says, that salvation is today. That God Don't say, well, if he thinks this, if she gets this, if this works out and that happens, then maybe they'll get saved. No, God's going to save them today. Salvation is today, the Bible says. And then Paul and Silas in the book of Acts were singing hymns. And you know the story. The Bible says the jail doors were miraculously opened. And in verse, verse 27 in Acts 16, it says the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. That went from a suicide to a salvation. The man was about to kill himself and the Bible says he was saved that day. There wasn't no discipleship program, no 12 steps, no, no going into worship service. He said, what must I do to be saved? Paul said, today, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved today, you and your household. We got to declare that today. We can't just mope around and think that God, God has moved because the world is so wicked, the world is so rebellious, that, that, that we just feel like just, that God's just in some kind of dry state. where God, God is moving today, people. I'm telling you all this. God is working today. He's looking for someone like us just to connect with that latch on to what God is doing and believe that God is doing that today. I, I'm believing that salvation is today. Y'all know the, my, my daughter Hannah. They ain't, nobody was witnessing the heart. Ain't nobody, she got saved. She, today, the salvation was immediate. That for you, there's, there's sons and daughters out there in this congregation that you've been crying and weeping and praying and believing. God said, God, will, God says, I will save them today, God says. Declare God's word over your family, over your children, that God will do that. This is the declaration that we make. Lord Jesus, I declare my children will be saved. My family will be saved. My friends will be saved. I believe today is the day of salvation. I claim your promise that my household will be saved in Jesus' name. I claim that. Look, look at that. That jailer had no clue he was going to get saved that day. He was a jailer. All of a sudden, the prison door swing open. He's about to take a sword and kill himself. And all of a sudden, that, one, that day, his entire life changed. He got saved, and so did his household in one day. See, that's the devil's tactic to try to get us to think, you've got you to gotta wait. You gotta, like Jesus said, why do you say four months and then the harvest? Jesus said, I tell you, the fields are ripe today. People are ready today to get saved. God's looking for us to go out and get them, speak to them, love them, have compassion on them. God's ready to save them now. Salvation is today. 
See, we must ask the Lord to work in our midst today. I believe, again, part of this is us, us our desire. In other words, God is, not, God is not like, I don't really want to do it. God wants to do it. But I believe part of the equation is you and I connecting to that and desiring that, hungering for that. The Bible says those who hunger and thirst, it says those who seek, those who ask, and those who knock. See, part of the equation of God working today is our desire for him to do so and our expectation that he will. we got to believe that God will do this because he will. He's, he's more than capable. He's more than capable. And there's a, there's a passage we're going to read here in, in, in the book of Habakkuk. And Habakkuk prophesied at a low time for Israel. It was, it was at a moment where, where Israel was at one of the lowest points in history. Sin, sin had invaded their the land. Wickedness had invaded them. Rebellion had invaded them. They wanted nothing to do with God. And there was, a, there was a pending imminent destruction from the nation of Babylon. And even at this time when Israel was at, this, at the lowest of low points, Habakkuk still declared that God is still capable in the midst of this. And, I was, and as I was reading this scripture and even other parts of the book of Habakkuk, it's really similar to what we are experiencing today in America. That we look at America, we think, well, maybe God's finished, or maybe it's impossible, or maybe God still can't do it. But I believe that God still can do it, that God still can move, and that we can still cry out and believe that God can do so. So look what Habakkuk prayed in, at, at the low point of the nation of Israel. It says, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Remember, he's praying this in wickedness and rebellion. It's as if we are standing right now in the middle of America praying this same prayer. And look what he did. What's the first thing Habakkuk did? He sought the Lord. He wasn't seeking men. He didn't get on his knees and cry before men. The Bible says that he, he, he got before God. He, he sought the Lord. God is looking for us to cry out to God. And you have to ask yourself, and I have to ask myself, am I even crying out to God to move? Do I even want God to move? Do I even expect him to do something? I believe part of that is us crying out to God. God, do something. Not, not, not 10 years from now. God, do something today. Do it now, Father. And then what's the next thing he did? He acknowledged who God was and what only he can do. I love this. He said, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. In other words, Habakkuk had some of the Bible. He had some of the Old Testament, probably the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. He, he, he read of the things that God had did that God had did in the past, and he says, God, I have heard of your fame. <laughs> Don't you love that? Yeah. We've heard a lot about God's fame. We got the whole Bible. Right. He never had nowhere near what we had. We got the whole, we got Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. Yes. God, I have heard of your fame. Yes. I've heard of your deeds. I have heard of what you can do. See, he acknowledged that God can do these things. Don't look to government. Right. Don't look to your boss or to your wealth. Look to God. Right. God, we know what you can do. God, we've heard of your fame, God. You're famous. You're pretty famous, God. We've heard, we've heard of your fame. We know what you can do. Lord, we acknowledge you can work miracles. We acknowledge that you are our healer, that you can do great things, God. We acknowledge those things. And then look what he said. He asked the Lord to do it again. 
do it again. He said, repeat them in our day, in our time, make them known. See, what would happen if we began to pray like Habakkuk prayed? Do you think things might change? Just that simple prayer, that, what, what, what is that, two verses? Verse 1 and 2. If we began to really pray that, I think things would change. Not just in our life, not just in our church, but even in our nation. I really believe that things will begin to change. And we begin to say, God, do what only you can do. See, Habakkuk, he had enough faith in God to believe that even that Israel was about to be wiped out. They were about to be destroyed. But even at the lowest point, Habakkuk still said, God, do it again. Do what you did again today, God. See, and that's what God is looking for. For you and I to pray and ask for God to do those things today, God. See, so God doesn't just want us to sit back and gloat about what has already happened. We can all sit back and reminisce. We love to reminisce, right? We reminisce about the past. And that, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. But what it can do, it can hinder us from seeing what God wants to do, what, what he has yet to do, or what he wants to do today. We can get stuck in that. And we, we can think, and then we can we say, then we can be in a mode where we're waiting for God to do something. No, I'm not waiting. I'm expecting God to do something now. God, do something today for us. And I believe that when we, when we do that, that God, God will answer us. See, God, God is still working today, y'all. I'm telling you, God, and look, God's going to do it for this church. God, God's going to take this church to another level. I believe that in all my heart because we have, there's a hunger here. There's a thirst here. There's a desire. And we are not asking God to do something God doesn't want to do. It's not, we're not in rebellion. We're not in sin. We're asking God to send us souls, to save people, to build this church up, to encourage us. All those things that God wants to already do for us. God will do it. God will do it today. He's looking for us to pray the prayer of Habakkuk, to, to seek God, to come before his face and say, God, I know you can do this. We've heard of what you can do, God. God, repeat them again in this day. Don't you believe that God can do that? I believe that God can do that. Stand to your feet.